Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news relating to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. And now, here is your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin'. Good to have you with us, everybody. We're live from the Motivity Conference in the main ballroom here in the Four Seasons, downtown Denver, Colorado, broadcasting live. Exciting to be here. This is kind of a first of a time we've done this. We've broadcasted at different events, at the NBA events, several of the conferences, but this is the first time we have done a live broadcast from a conference, and we have a lot of people walking into the ballroom here joining us live. So greetings to all the Motivity users. It's so good to see all of you and for you to join in on the broadcast. We're broadcasting nationwide. We have lenders dialing in from all over the United States and then also connecting, so it's good to have you being here with us. Okay, let's talk a little bit about what's going on, what we have lined up today. Very excited to have some, our hot topic. Of course, we have our regulars. We have, we're going to start off with Joe, and then we're going to go over to uh, Paul Mallow. He's dialed in, giving us an update of all that's going on in the markets. Then we're going to run over to Alice. Then we're going to get into talking to Sam Garcia. I always love the information and the balance between Paul and Sam, the data that they have and they bring to us. Then we're going to get over to Alice. And then we're going to get, oh, no, I already mentioned Alice and Joe, I mean, uh, Sam and Andy. My regular notes are not in front of me here because we got working off of a laptop. Normally I work off of three monitors back in the studio back home. But it's good to have all of you joining us. Again, this is the broadcast created by four mortgage professionals, four mortgage professionals. We're the proud recipient of the Innovation Award from Progress in Lending. Also, special thank you goes out to our sponsors. We want to thank, thank United Guarantee for being a longstanding, continuing sponsor of us. They're a great group of people. Now, I'm always talking about the people at United Guarantee. You know, every company is made great by the people in it. They've got great products. They're the number one MI company for four years in run, running, top earnings all the way around. They're a great partner. If you've not gotten a hold of your United Guarantee representative, I highly recommend that you do so. The other one I want to say a big thank you to, by the way, you go out and check out their website by going to the Lickin' on Lending broadcast and check out their website on our website. Click on their logo. It will take them into, the, into their website. Check them out also at UGCorp.com. Thank you. Special, a special thank you goes out to Velma, uh, which is www.velma.com. Velma stands for the Virtual Electronic Marketing Company. They do a great job of getting the word out about our broadcast. If you're looking for a... Uh, uh, just a real simple but really robust system by whereby you are sending out notices about your products and services, trying to connect with your market, consider Velma. I, that's who we've selected. Very pleased with the partnership. Let's see here. Lots of things we can talk about. Conferences we're coming at. We're here today at the Motivity Conference. Again, special welcome to our Motivity audience. And then also this week on Wednesday, I fly to the Northeast Mortgage Banking Conference. We'll be broadcasting, not broadcasting, I'll be speaking twice there. Very excited the things we're talking about there as well as I'll be speaking here tomorrow. But tomorrow, next, uh, this coming Thursday, speaking with Toby Harris and Laura Hopkins at the Northeast Mortgage Banking Conference there in Providence. It rode, well, not Providence, we're speaking in Newport, flying into Providence and then driving over at Newport. So looking forward, and for all of those of you that are dialed in to uh, this broadcast out there, look forward to seeing you at, this, uh, at that event. One of the things that amazes me, the reach of this radio broadcast. Um, last night I was here, and I'm, you know, many of you guys know I've started a new company, uh, Transformational Mortgage Solutions, and I mentioned the name, and I mentioned MBS. People know MBS, you know, Transformational is brand new. But then someone says, well, he's the guy that runs the Lickin' and Lenny radio broadcast. I go, oh, I love that. And so we are connecting with more people than I ever dreamt of, and we appreciate those words of encouragement. So when you see me, walk up to me and tell me that, oh, yeah, I'll learn your new company name at some point in time. Don't forget my own company name, MBS. Real close with those guys still. Love them very much. Andy is still here, and he's on the broadcast. Profit Doctor will be here with us for a long time. But anyway, it's so good when you come up and identify yourself at these events and let us know what's happening. 
Speaking of what's happening, let's run over to Joe Farr and talk about, Joe, what is happening with the financial markets. Looks like we've had a you know, good day for mortgage rates, at least a little bit. We're up as high as 6, 30 seconds, and now it's kind of worked back. What's driving the markets today, Joe? Well, this morning, it, the MBS prices started the uh, morning up a little bit. Uh, stocks in the U.S. followed Chinese stocks a little lower, and Dow's now down, I think, about 80 or 90, but uh, that was helpful for uh, MBS prices, so... We're we're still we've been in a very tight range. Seems like we've been in a tight range for the last couple of weeks, but uh, right now we're up three, and right in the middle of the highs and the lows for the day. It is interesting to see how things are moving. But let's take a look at what we have on the calendar, or what happened last week, and then let's look forward to the calendar. I'm shutting down the mic when I talk, Mike, Joe, so I'm not going to be interjecting like I normally do. So just go ahead and run through your segment okay. here, and I'll right. so we don't get the feedback. Okay. Well, last week. Uh, well, the, uh, again, that was a pretty quiet week. For the week, MBS prices fell a couple thirty seconds. Uh, stocks were a little more volatile last week, uh, continuing their trend. The Dow ended up uh, over 300 points uh, nicely. Uh, there was very little on the calendar last week, and what came out was not really a market-moving event. The JOLTS report, which uh, we've talked about, Dave, as being something that uh, uh, Fed Chairman Yellen uh, looks at. Uh, it came out with a very positive uh, uh, information on the labor market. Job openings rose to the highest level since the data collection began in, in the year 2000. Uh, the quit rate remained high. And, and as you know, Dave, the quick quit rate is uh, uh, significant in that it's an indication of the confidence of employees in their ability to find a better job. So uh, it may sound odd, but the higher the quit rate, really the stronger the uh, labor market is. Last week, core PPI came in. Uh, uh, it was uh, a, a little higher than expected, but it's still only uh, nine-tenths of a percent uh, of one percent growth uh, for the year. So uh, still very, very low and, and uh, not a concern to the Fed at this point. Uh, initial jobless claims, uh, again, were healthy, and, and for the last three or four weeks, those initial jobless claims have, have been in the sub-300 level and have uh, indicated further strength in the labor market. Uh, talk about this week, you know, before the Fed statement, the press conference, which is what's on everyone's mind, we're going to get some pretty significant economic news. Uh, tomorrow, the retail sales report comes out at 8.30 Eastern time. It's expected to show... Slow growth, not quite as fast as it was in July, but still growth. Uh, also on Tuesday, industrial production will come out. Wednesday is CPI. Uh, more important in, in the eyes of the market than PPI is, but CPI is going to be released at 8.30 on Wednesday. Also, housing market data comes out starting on Wednesday. The National Association of Home Builders uh, Confidence Survey will be released on Wednesday, and then housing starts on Thursday. Uh, the big event, though, Thursday is when the Fed statement will be released. It will come out at 2 Eastern time, and the press conference will follow at 2.30. Uh, question, obviously, is will they choose to raise the Fed funds rate? Investors are pretty evenly divided on that, and uh, which is what makes this conference, uh, this this uh, Fed meeting, so interesting to the market. It's uh, There's a fairly evenly divided both in among the Fed members and among investors as to what to do regarding the Fed fund trade. So whatever they do, I think, will create some volatility. And maybe more important than what they do is what they say. Investors will really be looking for guidance on the pace of future Fed rate hikes. You know, 125 basis point rate hikes not going to do a lot to uh, – to the economy. It's not going to do a lot to slow inflation. It's not do, going to do a lot to slow growth. Uh, but it's those future hikes that people are going to be interested in learning about. The uh, you know, rate hike followed by dovish comments about the economy and emphasizing you know, keeping rates low and slowly increasing them may actually be good for mortgage rates. So we'll, we'll wait and see if that happens. Uh, there are many factors in play, and, and initial reactions to whatever said in the statement may, may get reversed as the press conference proceeds. And so uh, I just encourage everybody to be prepared for a volatile afternoon and stay as closely in touch with the market as you can. 
Lots to be looking forward to this week. The big announcement is Fred's, uh, and, you know, I mean, we don't predict on this program what the Fed's going to do. I, mean, I know you don't, certainly. Uh, but you and I had a great conversation on Friday trying to get some anticipation about what we're going to experience uh, or what would be the consequences. And you made some interesting comments to me, on, I think it was on Friday afternoon we were talking, and uh, you said, you know what's really interesting? It's really divided. You're not going to be able to guess in advance as to what we're going to have as far as a Fed statement. So I, you know, any, share with our listening audience some of your thoughts on that. Well, the, the consequences can be numerous. You know, what they do and say could drive stocks through the roof or could really drive them in the tank. And as that's happening, the opposite may be happening in, in the MBS markets. And uh, they might uh, they might indicate rates will rise very quickly. And, and certainly that's going to be uh, awful for mortgage rates. And so, you know, the level of their expectation of future growth and, and what they're going to need to do to keep inflation, uh, to, to be able to keep inflation in check, as I mentioned earlier, it's not an issue now, but... Uh, down the line, it's going to be an issue if they aren't willing and able to control it. So uh, really what they say is going to be so much more important than what they actually do this this meeting. It's going to be real interesting. Can't wait to get their comments. Joe, thank you so much for being here with us today. And uh, we've got a lot of people listening here in the in auditorium, Joe, just taking notes and paying attention. We all hang on every word you say along with everyone else, so just a big thank you. Uh, quick note to the audience here. You're wondering why you hear my talking and then why it's coming in across here so much slower. There's obviously a little bit of a latency. I'm going out of this device through an internet into a New York facility that tended, renders this and then broadcasts it all the way across the United States and around the world. So there is some of a latency and a little bit of a lag there. Uh, you're hearing it, but you may see my lips moving saying, it's not working with that. That's the explanation. We're sharing, sharing that for our local audience. Good to have you all with us. We'll be right back after this brief break. Looking for that competitive edge? MBS QuoteLine delivers live market coverage for originators. Get up-to-the-minute mortgage market news and analysis as events occur. Get MBS prices as trades happen. Straight to your computer, email, cell phone, or PDA. Know in advance when your investors will reprice. Make better lock float decisions and increase your income. Be the expert your clients expect. And know what's moving interest rates right now, tomorrow, and beyond. MBS QuoteLine. Delivering live market coverage for originators. Learn more about MBS QuoteLine today at MBS. MBSQuoteLine.com. MBSQuoteLine.com. 646-716-4972. The Lickin' on Lending Show is back. Here is your host, David Lickin. Good to have you with us, everybody. We're excited to have joining us live in the ballroom. Well, not live, but joining us via technology, Paul Malo of Industry Mortgage Finance, uh, IMF. It's good to have you here. Uh, check out the website, uh, imfnews.com. Paul Malo, good to have you. What's on your website? Usually I have that up, but I don't have all my normal screens working here. I'll see if I can get that done. Paul, good to have you joining our live audience here in the ballroom as well as, of course, the United States. What you got for us, man? Well, uh, we crunched the numbers for the second quarter, and um, for banks and thrifts that, uh, you know, service loans for others. And, and it's probably no surprise, but uh, the servicing rights held by banks and thrifts continued to fall. They're down to $4.187 trillion. Uh, sequentially, that's a 2.2% decline. But you got to look at it. Compared to 2012, servicing held by banks and thrifts are down a whopping $1.75 trillion in three years. I mean, that's, wow. that's pretty phenomenal. Uh, and just goes to show you what you know all the new regulations for banks and and the world are you know shifting it continues to shift over to non banks and uh I'm not sure how much more it's going to fall from here, but I think the message is clear uh, all this re regulation the industry they've done uh i I think you know you look back and you think well they're giving over the industry to the banks, but apparently that's not how it turned out. I think there's one school of thought that thinks. You know, Dodd Frank was you trying to make it easier for regulators. If, if all a small amount of banks controlled the servicing business, it'd be a lot easier to oversee the whole thing. And it, it's turned out to be just the opposite. It's led to deconsolidation and non-banks uh, gaining market share. And I think we're going to see more of that. The question is how much more. Uh, number two story on the website: Home Point 
uh, emailed the other day with Willie Newman, which a lot of people in the industry know. He ran into First, uh, and then he went over to another bank in Michigan and ramped up their business, and now he's out on his own. I uh, talked to Willie the other day via email. They're looking to grow. He's out there bidding on servicing rights. He's adding uh, uh, LO, Loan Officer Production Networks, and, and I know he wants to be a, a top player in the industry. Also, we have a story uh, from Carissa Chappelle, our GSE editor. She looked at some of the new guidelines. It looks like Fannie's making a little bit easier on self-employment verification. That's a that's a key part of the market. Uh, self-employed borrowers are, are one group that you know still don't have easy access to credit uh, because they're well self-employed, and the GSEs are sort of skittish with dealing with those people, and they make it harder and, and make lenders jump through more hoops to get those loans. Uh, also, a story, SIFMA is pushing and urging the Federal Housing Finance Agency uh, to align the GSE-MBS programs, and they want them to set a, a timetable for the common security uh, that Fannie and Freddie are going to issue one of these days. There hasn't been a lot of talk. I mean, the Federal Housing Finance Agency has been very secretive about the common securitization platform, and they give occasional media updates. But they, they've basically, you know, kept this thing uh, very secretive, kept the industry in the dark, at least, you know, the general industry. There's certain groups that they talked about what's going on, but not a lot of information disseminates out to the public. Uh, also on the website, uh, sort of an odd story. Uh, it's a Monday, and I, it's not necessarily a slow news day, but we got wind of Nation Star trademarking the name Mr. Cooper. I have no idea what that is about. A mysterious but it, company up for sale. Yeah, I, I don't know, you know, and I asked them, and they said, well, we don't know. We trademark a bunch of names. But, you know, why would a mortgage company trademark the name Mr. Cooper? It's sort of funny, sort of strange. We we hope to get more information on that down the line. Also, uh, in the short take section, we got Bill. We talked to Bill Dallas the other day, Skyline. You know, they're still looking to hire, but they're being more careful about it and talk to Bill, and he wants to reduce um, what he calls loan officer posses when he hires good LOs. You know, he doesn't want to hire every single person that comes along with that LO. That's I thought that was sort of uh, interesting. CoreLogic's out there with its, uh, once again, its ranking of the most overvalued housing markets, and then, David, your state is once again at the top of the top of the heap there. Uh, five of the six. Five of the six are good old Texas. Um, who knows? I mean, you're in Texas more than I do. Uh, but I know, I think when I've talked to you and then Chuck Klein and some of the other folks in Texas, you know, they, they point out that, you know, over you know over these, these years, there hasn't been a lot of home building in Texas, and that's kept prices high. Uh, maybe that's, right. that's now changing. But and, and, you know, the other day on the radio I heard someone predicting that oil could go to $20 a barrel, which I, I find hard to believe. But I can't imagine what that would do to the housing market in Texas if that came true. Um, but anyway, so uh, we also had a commercial update uh, from our friends at auction.com, you know, noting that growth is slowing a little bit, but nothing nothing dangerously. And uh, a real quick note from uh, Fitch about uh, Aquin, uh, 76% of Aquin's residential servicing staff is located uh, offshore. And you know that's that's one of those trends in the industry that's been going on for years. But Aquin in particular has got a phenomenal amount of workers overseas, in particular in India and I think the Philippines as well. So we continue to uh, track that. So that's all the uh, stuff today for Inside Mortgage Finance or what we call IMFnews.com. You do a great job, Paul. Check it out, everybody. www.imfnews.com. Inside Mortgage Finance. Guy and the group there do a great job. Paul, I'm so excited to have you on the broadcast each and every week, bringing us an update on what you've seen going on, and there's nobody else doing it better than you, my friend. Do a great job. Thank, Thank you. you so much for being with us. Stay in touch. You bet. All right, everybody, let's get over to Alice Alvey, the person that tells us all the things going on in the regulatory world and gives us an update from that perspective. Alice, good to have you. How's the weather up in Detroit? We have a beautiful day up here in Detroit. Welcome, everybody, yeah, over there at Motivity. I'm waving. <laughs> They're waving. They're waving. They'll wave back as soon as they hear it. It's a little late. Wave as as that back once you hear it, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, everything's beautiful here. And uh, we're actually starting to have, you know, I love this time of year, uh, overlap between summer and fall, and fall's right around the corner. The leaves are starting to turn. So 
uh, like a lot of things, right? This is maybe as the stomach turns time frame for everybody with you have FHA implementation today with all FHA case numbers today starts that new FHA 4000.1 into full gear. And then, of course, that's the overlap at the same time with TRID implementation, which is now, uh, let's see, what I have, 5, 10, 11, 12, well, about 15 days away now, right? So um, interestingly enough, Dave, as we're, you know, in very much in touch with folks, they're trying to get both of these implemented. My latest update on TRID is this. Did everybody see the email come by that Brian Webster will be leaving the CFPB? I don't know about you guys, but he is, I've seen him a lot at seminars, and he was the one who would say, if you got a verbal verification from the CFPB on a particular interpretation, you could call it good. Just document, right, who you talked to, when you talked to them, and that they said this was okay. Well, with Brian gone, and if you think about all, you know, some of the other folks that have left the CFPB, if you're one of those companies sitting with a verbal verification out there, you got to know, is that person still there? <laughs> Who's going to back me up? Um, and <laughs> so we are talking to folks to go, hey, make sure you're kind of following up on that, that the who you got the information from is still there at the CFPB and make sure you're tracking that. Uh, he will I be. I, I want to just inter- I want to interject, Alice. He is going to be missed because yeah. he is so real and just really mm-hmm. appreciated his approach. I've spoken with him at panels. I've moderated panels where he spoke. I really, really enjoyed him, and uh, he just I just love because he wasn't PC politically correct. He was trying to just get it out there, and so that was good stuff. But yeah, he'll be missed. Yeah. That is interesting. I'm always wondering if how much changes because of the potential. I mean, uh, this administration will be gone here, and we've got the election in a little time yet, so it's a little early for people. To be exiting some of the posts that are there. I wonder if that's going to be driving any of it, though. But uh, I think he would have been in good favor no matter what, uh, who's occupying the House and the Senate. So anyway, good stuff. Uh, what else you got for us? Yeah, I would agree with you. We're, I'm going to miss him, too. Um, we overlapped on a couple of panels, and I, uh, I, I'll, I'm i right there with you. I, at one event, um, I was uh, kind of doing what I would call my comedy routine on compliance, <laughs> and because uh, it was just a short bit, and Brian was there, and we were making a little bit of fun of the CFPB, and he was right there with us kind of joking around about the uh, about some of that. So, yeah, um, may he's making his way to the private sector. We wish him well. Uh, so as far as what else we have, a quick update. SHA, for those of you who have been so buried in all the FHA changes, you haven't been watching the Federal Register, the servicing side, right, they still, they're still out there. There are comments. Uh, the comment period actually just closed last Friday. I'm sorry, a week ago, closed September 4th. And uh, you might want to kind of just make sure you're paying attention to this issue. That the FHA is looking at changing and establishing deadlines for filing and insur- insurance claims. Um, that, that you'll now have deadlines. Uh, you could end up losing some of your expense reimbursements. So those of you on the servicing side, make sure you're watching that proposed rule bucket for FHA potential changes in the insurance claim process. On the front side, FHA did publish a little over a week ago their new application form, the new 2900A. Uh, they cleaned up page three. Great job, folks, but there's still some confusing things on that form that I think uh, could use some improvement. So that definitely has a comment period open uh, for a few more days here. And then uh, actually they just the comment period itself is closed, but the new form is there for you to view and still be able to make sure that you understand it. And if there's any changes, uh, we'll, we'll give them some feedback. And also new lender certification requirements on the annual lender cert for FHA. That also was published uh, for you to be able to read, make sure you don't have any challenges with some of the wording. Most of it was minor tweaks just to be able to make sure it accommodated the new 4000.1. So heads up on all of that. Um, one last thing on the TRID. Uh, folks are now going through their integrations on the loan origination software systems, and many of them are finding out that what they thought was going to automatically happen in the system is now a drop-down box, and they didn't train their people to make decisions on certain things because they assumed the system was going to decide, but instead now it's a drop-down box. So that's an example of your folks are really going to need to know TRID in the weeds. We're still um, holding webinars, seminars, writing policies for folks. Uh, so if you're finding yourself in the 11th hour missing things, don't hesitate to give us a call because uh, we're here to help. And last but not least, the MBA Risk Conference was a great success. Um, no big revelations came out of that, but just kind of generally getting the update on where people are at with TRID. So uh, that's where my last tidbit comes from. Um, so I'll pass it back to you, Dave, because I know we've got some great guests waiting to uh, tell us what's going on in in their world today. 
Yeah, some that you know on here. Can't wait for us to be interviewing them a little bit later on. Thanks so much, Alice. Again, folks, uh, we're broadcasting live from the Motivity User Conference. There's a large live audience here in front of us, and we appreciate you tuning in and being a part of us virtually. Good to have you with us. We're going to be right back with Sam Garcia and then the Prophet Doctor. Be right back after this brief word. If you have questions about mortgage regulations, Indicom Mortgage U has three answers. If you need ideas about how to reinvent your organization, Indicom Mortgage U will share great ideas. When you need help at any step of the loan process, give us a call or send an email. The Indicom team of experts have been helping mortgage players from origination through servicing for over 30 years. Your success is our focus. Whether it's a quick question or long-term support, portfolio, conventional, or government lending, it's a competitive market. So let Indicom Mortgage U give you the edge. All right, everybody. So good to have you back with us. Sam Garcia, let me get your mic turned on here. I'm holding a mic, which normally I use a headset with a mic in front of my mouth, so i got two hands to be doing all that. Uh, for those of you that want to text me with questions from the audience, go ahead and do that. Welcome your text messages. Send them to my cell phone, which is 512-632-2900. And I'll look forward. We'll be uh, trying to answer the questions from the audience that's out there across America. Again, we have people dialed in. I'm looking at all the area codes from people. People are dialed in from all over the United States. I, again, thank you so much for making this a way of you staying on top of all that's going on. Good to have you with us. Let's get over to our good friend, Sam Garcia. Sam, good to have you here, friend. Hey, Dave. I hope you're doing well. I know you probably got some good weather there, but I don't know if you know it got nice and cool here. It's just been beautiful the last couple of days. <laughs> thank God for that relief. And on yeah. top of that, we had an incredible uh, game-ending uh, drive by the Cowboys to make them win. So happy about that. Yeah, uh, you know, Andy's in a little better mood. Every the Prophet Doctor's in a better mood every time the the Cowboys win. So we're glad we'll hear a good report from the Prophet Doctor. That's good. Okay, we uh, Mortgage Daily released its second quarter uh, mortgage uh, biggest mortgage lenders report, and it's loaded with doubt valuable origination and servicing statistics. Uh, among them, um, we found that uh, there was $416 billion in estimated mortgage originations industry-wide for the second quarter, and that was jumping from around $345 billion in the first quarter. And compared to a year earlier, it was even a better gain because there was only $291 billion closed in the second quarter of last year. Um, bank market share, it jumped, or I'm sorry, it fell to uh, 39% from 43% a year earlier. Uh, we have credit union share that basically was the same, 10%. And non-banks, they've grown to 51% market share based on our data from 47% uh, a year earlier. Uh, Wells Fargo maintained a tight grip on its uh, biggest originator uh, ranking. Over at Movement Mortgage, Business jumped 56% between the first and second quarter of this year. That was the biggest gain 56%? that we percent uh, Whoa. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then on a year-over-year -year basis, we uh, found that impact mortgage originations skyrocketed 460%. Of course, uh, that has to do with their acquisition that they made recently. Um, and then on the servicing side, Wells Fargo also maintained solidly its number one position there. Um, the Mortgage Market Index, which we published based on average per-user rate locks by clients of open close, was off just 2% last week, and that's significant because it was Labor Day week, and we don't do any seasonal adjustments. So business held up relatively well. Uh, FHA business was off 20%, but ARM activity jumped 11%. Um, we got some NMLS data out. Um, there were about or almost nearly uh, 523,000 mortgage originators registered in M NMLS as of the second quarter. Um, that was up from 511,000 a year earlier. And the total included uh, on a, on nearly 125,000 state licensed originators, uh, more than 402,000 uh, federally registered originators who work at banks. Um, at Radian, they, they put out some updates today. Uh, they announced that uh, there's a, they're going to increase their, or they're going to insure super jumbo loans up to $1.5 million. Um, and the mortgage insurer also said it has a special program now for doctors, dentists, and surgeons. 
Um, at MGIC, uh, they reported last week that their delinquency continued to drop. Uh, they had an inventory of about 64,800 uh delinquent policies, which was the lowest number we could find since at least 2009, and that's the oldest data we've got. Uh, they also reported that their business in August uh, was off 11%, and you know that's nice to see that number, because uh, not because it's good, but because it gives us an indication of what's going on overall in the mortgage industry as far as originations on a monthly basis, since uh, we won't see third quarter numbers you know, for at least another month. Um, Guaranteed rate was sued. Uh, Melissa Cohn, who sold the operations of her Manhattan mortgage to guaranteed rate in 2012 for $4 million, filed a lawsuit recently against guaranteed. And uh, there was some action last week in that case. A federal judge uh, dismissed all but one count, but that one count seems uh, significant enough for uh, her to move forward, and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, and finally, uh, we picked up uh, that U.S. trading announced an offering of mortgage servicing rights on $4 billion in Ginnie Mae loans. So those are up for bid right now. And uh, those are the highlights from over the last week at Mortgage Daily. It's good to have you with us, Sam. Appreciate you so much. And how can people, how do you prefer people to get a hold of you uh, if they want to learn how to subscribe and get your information? What's the best way? Uh, if they want to subscribe, they can just, uh, of course, go online and click any story, and it'll go through. But they, we can, they can call us at 214-521-1300, at, uh, and anybody can email me anytime at samgarcia at mortgagedaily.com. No dots, no dashes, or anything. No dots, no dashes, direct to the point. Lots of great data on your website. Thank you, Sam, so much for being with us. Appreciate it, friend. Have a great day. Enjoy those cooler temperatures back home, man. Thanks for having me, man. All right. Talk to you soon. Talk to you. Very soon. Thanks so much. Let's get over to the Prophet Doctor. Always fun to get his perspective. Andy Shell, welcome to the ballroom. Welcome to our live audience. And we have people dialed in from everywhere. And we also have the, our guests lining up here at the table with me. Looking forward to being interviewing them shortly as well. Andy, welcome to the broadcast. Hi. Hi, Dave. And it's great to be on Lickin' on Lending again. And hello, everybody, in the ballroom at the Motivity Conference. And like Alice said, I'm waving, but we forgot to turn the webcams on. So hello and welcome, everyone. Hey, Dave, I've got three real quick points to make. The first off is the best part about the game last night was the Cowboys won beating New York in the last seven seconds. And the funny part I, about the game, I the knew only you were funny not part. I not do your report without talking about the Cowboys. Sam set it up for you pretty well. Well, we got to watch Baylor, so Yahoo, sick and bears. But also, Cowboys... You know, Romo throws the pass to Witten. He catches it right on the end zone, <clears throat> leans in, and this New York defender comes over and hits Witten and bounces, basically. The guy like, wins like a rubber ball. The defender hits Witten. Guy bounces away. Witten turns in, just strolls into the end zone. The guy is massive. He's huge. So I thought that was kind of funny. Hey, real quick update, Dave. Um, we are launching our counting series again through the Mortgage Bankers again? Association. What? How many MBA times have you education. done this now through the MBA? Oh, my. Seven or eight times, maybe? Something seven like eight that? Seven or eight times, yeah. It Backed starts by popular tomorrow. Backed by popular Exactly. And there's a long list of people who want to attend. It's still open. Registration is still available. It starts tomorrow is the first session. It's a four-week uh, program. We go from what is accounting for mortgage banking, what does it matter, how do you do it, how does it work, how does cash flows work, all the way through loan-level accounting. And then we get into hedging. We explain about uh, uh, negative convexity and yield curve shifts and, and uh, TBA securities and why as accountants we have to know this stuff. And then when you get the reports from secondary marketing, how do you know if they're right or not? And then even after you get it, what do you do with it? And how do you put it into your books and make it presentable in a way that the owners – don't just scratch their head, pull out their hair, and their eyeballs roll back. Because help people understand. Because the whole point about this accounting stuff is creating meaningful financial statements, not just a bunch of numbers. Which is my segue, Dave, into really the thing I really wanted to talk about. And that is <clears throat> what you guys are doing there at the Motivity Conference right now today is you're building a process so that when you're running your business, you have a way to measure the results and generate a report that you can do something about because then you can adapt based on the results from the report and then as you adapt you're able to succeed in your business but if, but if you can't understand the report because it's a bunch of 
numbers in, in accounting ease and only CPAs can understand what the numbers mean, how are you going to adapt? But see, that's what a system like a business intelligence dashboard like Motivity's Movation product can do is it turns um, – I'm preaching to the crowd literally right now, right, because you're, you're there in Denver at the Motivity conference because you already know this. But what it does is it makes it so you can get red and yellow and green arrows and, and know if it's good or if it's bad or if it's changing or if it's improving and why. And so I believe the business intelligence presented through a dashboard program like Motivation through Motivity is an essential product that every mortgage company should own. You can't run your business without this kind of information. Uh, even the LOSs interfacing in there can work. Accounting systems can interface in and work so you can get good, meaningful financial statements. It's not just enough to get financial statements. No, they've got to be meaningful, and meaningful means that they're understandable so that business owners can measure, report, adapt, and succeed. So there you go, Dave. There's my spiel. What do you think? Good stuff. Good stuff. Always good to have you on, Profit Doctor. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting started with some of the interviews. But you know what, Andy? You, you raised some really great points, and I encourage people to get a hold of you. If someone wants to connect with you and understand better you know, how they can get in better in touch with their numbers or do a health check on their accounting operation, what's the best way for people to reach you? Two ways that I'll give you the probably the fastest way is just send me an email, Andy, A-N-D-Y, at mbs-team.com. MBS, like Mortgage Bank Securities, Mortgage Banking Solutions, mbs-team.com. Good to have you with us, Andy. Let's get into, I've got sitting here right to the right of me, someone from the Windy City, Lake Forest, actually, but Chicago. Everyone refers to that when you get it too far away, but it's good to have Paul Diamond here with us. He's the CEO and president of Diamond Finan- Diamond Residential Mortgage Service. Man, that bottom line there, Paul, is really light. I have my, I got to get, that's a good eye check down at the bottom of your card. But Diamond, what a, I've heard of your company. It's got, you've got a great company there. Uh, give our listeners a little bit of insight into how long you've been in business, what your volume's doing, and that also helps those that are uh, listening on the, that are going to be asking some questions. Well, thanks for having me here. Um, really appreciate this. I've been in the mortgage business for a long time. I started 34 years ago, so I'm an old-timer. I'm an old guy. I like to think I'm a young guy, but uh, some days I feel pretty old in the business, so I've seen a lot. Um, certainly didn't start in the mortgage business with the with the company. Um, started like most people start in the mortgage business as a loan officer, so kind of grew in the business. Uh, in terms of what's happening this year, we're having a great year. Um, very thankful for that. Uh, certainly, um, having great years after uh, 2006 and seven and eight seemed like long overdue. I think everybody in the industry deserved a great year. I'd say one of the obstacles, obviously, to high volume and, and what's happening is the regulatory environment. Uh, we've had to put a, an incredible amount of resources towards. Um, just having every I dotted, every T crossed, uh, being very compliant. Uh, loan files, you know, I've seen them go from files years ago that were 100 pages to files that are now 500 pages. So uh, definitely a change in the industry. Uh, I, I believe, though, there's great opportunity. And in spite of all the uphill challenges that we've had, what it's really done is created, you know, an, an opportunistic market because not everybody can do it. So, you know, so times are really good. Let's talk about a little bit about some of the issues that you're seeing facing. You've already talked about compliance. So let's talk a little bit about some of the issues that are facing your business. And what are you doing the, to do that, uh, to, to overcome some of those issues? Uh, you talked about the, how the costs have gone up. The files are a lot thicker. Some thoughts on that? Well, I, you know, one of the things that I see right now that's uh, a challenge is is finding the best talent, talent acquisition, and I don't mean in terms of uh, purely loan officers. I'm talking on the operations side. The industry's changed now. You know, it takes really strong operations folks to weather the storm, the detail storm. So if you take a processor, for example, a processor, 10 to 15 years ago is a lot different than the makeup of a processor today. To find the processor that can do the job in today's environment is more expensive and it's tougher. The talent acquisition, I would say, is one of the, uh, on the operation side, one of the larger challenges that we have. Uh, there's a, a 
thousand challenges, you know, whether it's, you know, managing your, your hedging portfolio or dealing with regulatory compliance, dealing with, you know, variance in pricing to make sure that you don't have outliers so you have a, a fair lending issue. There's all kinds of challenges, but if you get the right people and you have the right systems, you can work through that. So uh, to me, I think, and I think it's for everybody in the industry right now, to make sure we've got the right talent within our organizations. That's good. Uh, Andy, Joe, and Alice, any questions uh, that we have for Paul? And then, Paul, I want you to stick around. You guys, when when the questions start rolling in, I want to get through the initial comments, and we'll circle back, and I'll be putting the mic in front of you in each time. Any questions? Well, I have one quick one. Hey, Paul, thanks for being there at the Motivity Conference. Can, hopefully you can hear me okay. Uh, you will you hear in a really minute. Good. I'll repeat the question. It's a little bit of a lag, Andy, so go ahead. Uh, you, you made the comment that processing is, is a little different. Files are, are longer. But one of the things, too, we're seeing is such a heavy reliance now on technology with the new e-folders and you know everything, everything's digital, and you got to sort them in folders now. So now the processor's not just looking at a pile of paper in a file folder that they can flip through with their special finger protector, little rubbery things on their thumb. But now they've got to be able to click really fast and know where it was, know how to search, know how to run the technology. How has your company adapted to this imaging structure as the way things are today? I'm going to have to repeat part of it because it's a lag here. So how are you dealing with some of the imaging issues that are coming up with the latest technology advantages? We're basically some of the innovative things that you've seen shift in your time in the industry. Well, you know, that's an interesting question. We, we operate in a completely image platform. We, we've also uh, built a separate platform outside of our imaging system, which is a, uh, a share file platform through Citrix. So we've got it set up where the originators are able to image their documents into ShareFile, and then they're able to move them into our standard imaging system. Uh, imaging is a unique thing. I, you know, the argument with imaging was always that it would make us more efficient and more effective. But what we find, you know, obviously there's lots of assistance with imaging because of the ability logistically to have underwriters all over and deal with files. You don't have to FedEx them around. But by the same token, underwriters are not as efficient in an image system. Imaging sometimes causes the processor not to take the time to look at what they've uploaded. So files sometimes come into underwriting. They're not complete, or maybe a file doesn't load in the imaging system. So imaging has two ends to it. One end is, yeah, it makes us a lot more efficient. We've invested a lot in imaging. Um, but on the other side, it's created some inefficiencies. You know, sometimes a paper file was easier to underwrite. Yeah. Well, uh, Paul, thanks so much for being here, giving us some comments. We're getting through four comments, so hang around because we're going to probably have some questions out of the audience. And we're going to play musical trailers. This court isn't long enough to walk up and down the table here. So Susan is here. I met Susan. She is CEO of Centennial Lending Group in Philadelphia. So, And it's Meitner. Is it, it, Meitner. Meitner. All right. So there. That's because of some time I'll tell you about that. But she's also the author of a book, Crazy Little Girl. Do you have... Crazy Oh, lucky. Lucky. <laughs> crazy lucky girl. Well, you're lucky, and you're little. You got, I mean, you got a great company, but you, you know, you look at the size of your company, and that's one of the things I look at is the success you've had. Crazy lucky girl. Thank you. Oh, love it when I blow it like that. But anyway, give me some in, 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 insights into uh, the other tagline in your book is, "Do you have the keys?" To to success. And I want to talk about some of the things you cover in the book. Encourage people good. You gave me a signed copy when we first met. I love the book. It's well written. So give us some insights and some of the things that are going on there. And then uh, I want to make sure we allow enough time for everybody here. So go ahead. I'll be quick. I can be quick. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, pretty much it just goes through how I got started in the mortgage industry. I started 20 years ago. And then about five years ago, there wasn't a place that I really wanted to work. So I started Centennial Lending, which now has um, 53 employees. And we lend in about eight states, and we do about $250 million a year. That isn't so little. That's a good size. I'm a decent size. All right. So, all right. So, give us some of the keys to success that you are. When you do a lot of mentoring, you raise up. I mean, you've written a book, so you're doing a lot of mentoring. Some of the keys that you're bringing forth in your organization that you think others should know about that's published in your book. 
Well, the main thing is developing relationships and having goals and setting realistic expectations. Everything that, you know, we're all striving to do the same, having the realtor relationship, but also working with the borrower and really educating them and making everyone knowledgeable of everything that's going on. So in my opinion, in the book and in my company, communication is key to bring all the data together. And, you know, that's why we're all here this, this time for this conference is to bring all the data together into one so that we can really um, make the transaction as smooth as possible, especially in the compliance world that we live in. There's no question. I mean, Motivity's got some great solutions. You use them. A few comments about them and what a difference has made in your business. Well, they, it does a great job in developing the benchmarks and for everyone to really know where where their loan stands and when an underwriter or a processor says, I've only had this loan for five days, you can actually show how long the loan's been in your office and what each step's being taken. And it helps with the originators, too. Well, and, and really helps really do what you do well in your organization is mentor those people and get them on, really focus on that. It's so important. Thanks so much for being here. Again, give everyone <laughs> their book, <laughs> Crazy Lucky Girl. Do you have the keys to success? I recommend it. How can people get a hold of the book? Is it on Amazon? Uh, crazyluckygirl.com, and it is on Amazon. It was one of the Amazon bestsellers, so we're really uh, proud of that. We're talking to a bestseller here. Way to go. Good. Well, stay on tune. Let's shift the chairs over here. And uh, we got Erin Palmer. You've got a, someone here. Alice Alvey is here. She'll say hi. Because of Alice, because of the latency here, I'm not sure it's going to be able to work for us to have you guys bring in the questions so we get to the end, and then I'll try to do the best to bring in those questions. But Erin, Alice Alvey says a personal hello, and uh, she says, I know Aaron, he's a great guy. So uh, looking at some of the questions that we're visiting on, I would love to have you comment about some of the innovations that you are seeing in the marketplace and that exciting you. I mean, if you know Alice, you're on top of compliance because everyone who knows Alice, they're getting the topic covered a lot. So give us a little inference. Talk about your company the volume you're doing, and the footprints you have so people get a little familiar with your business. And then talk about some of the innovations that excite you. Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, and hello, Alice. So um, our company, Telmer Bank & Trust, is based in the Midwest. It's a Great Lakes bank. Uh, it was a de novo bank that started uh, uh, just a few years ago, about five and a half years ago. We had just a couple of dozen employees. We started to raise some capital, and we went out and we acquired some banks that were troubled. And now we've got uh, around 1,500 employees, and we went from just uh, a, a few million dollars to uh, on the way to $7 billion. Wow. So uh, it's been a, a pretty quick rise, and uh, it's brought lots of interesting opportunities and challenges along with that. To the uh, point about uh, some of the innovations, I think, that excite us, we talked a, a couple of minutes ago about uh, the idea of imaging, and I think a big part of that actually is is uh, OCR, the ability to extract that information off the documents and get it into the systems, that's a, that's a big opportunity. We're starting to see that in more and more places. I think the electronic signatures, things like DocuSign, being used more prevalently in the industry are an important piece of it. But if I was to pick one, I think the most interesting thing is what uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have been talking about doing over the next three, four, five years, which is to form a partnership or at least establish a relationship with some of the uh, income and asset aggregators. So you might recognize names like Mint.com as an example. One of the opportunities that we get with when you get to a place like that is that you actually can trust that source information, that source data. You ask me questions, do I pay my bills? How much do I make? Do I have assets? You can see through sites like these aggregators the, the multi-factor authentication information, that gets you to a much more comfortable place that I'm telling you the truth, yeah. right? And so we'd have an opportunity to reverse the trend that we've seen over the last five, six, seven years, which is get longer, cost more, and actually provide an experience where it's actually a little bit faster and a little bit more cost efficient for all of us. Very good. Andy, just uh, uh, let's see here. I can't wait. No, wait. It's a couple of questions he's got coming up for uh, others that are going to be having up here. But I'm going to tell you, I want to get your perspective on where the industry is headed. You've seen a lot of trends. You've seen in your time frame some definite trends emerging. What are the trends that you're seeing? Consolidation, higher net worth, different products, just everything, the whole perspective. What's the thing, probably the top two things that you see are the most notable trends that are changing our industry? I would have to come back uh, again to the, to the uh, topic of technology. 
not just um, injecting certainty into the process for all of us. Uh, we went with safety with kind of a brute force approach. We all just had to throw bodies and process at that. I think technology is a very important part of that story uh, to get us to a more comfortable place in the credit decisions. I think you're going to see a lot more workflow automation. A lot of the decisions that we make, a lot of the things that we do as an industry are very clerical in nature. They're if-then if kind of questions, right? And so you can bring a lot of workflow automation to those sorts of things and, and let our folks focus on what they're actually good at, which is building those relationships, solving those problems. I think that's a trend that you're going to see not just to continue but to actually accelerate over the next year or two. Appreciate so much your perspective again, Aaron. Uh, if you know Alice, you're a friend already, so it's so nice to meet you. Appreciate Pleasure. you taking a few minutes. Stick around if you want, Mike, because as the question comes in, I want to see who we have coming in. Uh, next we have joining us here is Keith Pulaski. Is that, am I saying that right, Keith? Uh, pardon? Well, go ahead. Yeah, get it right. Pulaski. Pulaski. Okay, see, i got to get that right. From Radius, Finan Radius Financial Group. In Maine, are you in uh, Massachusetts, Norwell? All right, just outside of Boston. I'm, I'm flying into, I'm speaking at the Northeast Mortgage Bankers Conference in uh, Newport on Thursday. So, were you going to be there? I'm not. Uh, well, it's too bad. Anyway, he also he is the. What is your your position there? Uh, principal. All right, he's the owner principal principal of Independent Mortgage Bankers New England Markets and uh, New England Markets, right? Correct. So what I'm talking about, I want to come back and looking at from your perspective from the Northeast, what are some of the issues that you're seeing face the industry? And, and then also, what are you seeing some of the trends? Love to get your thoughts on that. Well, one first, thank you for having me here. Um, going on what Aaron said, I mean, I think the technology trend, uh, we're at a technology conference. Uh, it, it really is. We've been such a paper-intensive, just brute force uh, industry for so long that uh, if you're not using technology, not only just inside your uh, four walls of your company, but really out to the consumer. You're, you're forward-facing, consumer-facing technology. The consumer expects, just in this world that we live in, never mind buying mortgages or, or whatever consumer products exist out there, they expect almost a sense of immediacy that delivery platforms have to be almost immediate, and our business is not an immediate business, so it's it's really hard aligning aligning those two things. So not only do you have to have technology uh, enhancements working inside your organization, you have to be thinking about, especially with the millennials that will come to the market someday when they get out, out from underneath their parents' <laughs> basements, um, uh, that you really have to be delivering the product in a different way. So there's a lot of things that we're working on. Uh, we're a retail originator, so that's close to our heart about getting out to the consumer right. and, and having those technologies forward-facing and getting more alignment between the technology providers so so you don't have these disparate systems and you can have one data record of, of you know uh, that that it's important I'd love to get into science because I would just spoke at, a, at the DNH user conference in San Diego two weeks ago, and we had a panel. We had all these panelists up there, and we were talking to them. One of the things that was most notable, and the, the gal that was speaking was with a bank in Seattle, and she said they have so many millennials, and they're so on top of technology in the Seattle market. It's interesting you bring up immediacy. The communication, because we're in a now market, they don't. They they expect a text answer. And what I'm looking at is what do you, I mean. I love the fact that Motivity. If you have a Motivity solution, you can sit and look in real time what's going on with every loan. Every so everyone should be using this. That's that plug for our new sponsor, Motivity. So glad to have them. So glad to be here. But the reality is, it is immediate. What are some of the tools that you're using to get that? Are you seeing technology as far as texting? And, and we're heading into uncharted waters for how that means for CFPB. How does the consequences of that? So what are you using in your shop to get back to the consumer quickly? Yeah, I mean, you've had to, you, you have to, you know, reach out to the consumer in the way that they want to be touched. So it, it really is through sort of uh, whether it be email, texting, and these types of platforms. If, if, you're, if your delivery mechanism to the consumer is not device agnostic, right, it, yeah. it, they, they can't be sitting in front of a computer or you have expectation they're in front of a PC. You're going to be able to be on a tablet, an iPad, an iPhone, some other smartphone, and if your systems aren't able to do that, you're, gonna, you're not going to meet the needs of the, the future, the millennial market. You know, we have a big push in our organization. Uh, it's called the Next Gen IMB, Next Gen Independent Mortgage Banker, mm -hmm. and we've gone through a whole program of recruiting young young people out of college and out of the military as they're separating from the military. But if you go to an MBA conference, 
almost like the panel up here, except it, <laughs> at least for the men up here, it's 50-plus-year-old white guys. <laughs> and uh, you really need to change that because if not, my company will be out of business because my company looks like the rest of the industry. Yeah. So we're really making a, a very large effort to you know, change the paradigm a bunch. And it has to include millennials as your salespeople and your operations staff, and it has to be in a complete embracing of technology. That's, that's a really good point, recruiting. Yeah. I'm 65. I'm sitting up there. A lot of gray hairs in our industry. We need to recruit the next generation in. Susan, you're doing a good job of that. You're do- so I want to talk to you just briefly. So let's stand up. I'm going to switch this around, and we're going to try to get this. Oh, I thank God there was no water in that one glass. That was what landed right in my laptop and ended the broadcast prematurely. Well, so let's go ahead and stand up here because we're going to probably do the interview standing at this point. Um, some of the tips that you're doing to, I think, really, Keith brings in a great point about recruiting. So let's talk about some of the things that you're doing. And then while she's answering the question, Andy, Alice, and Joe, if you have specific questions for each one of these folks, speaking into my head, I'll hear it. It's unfortunately going to be a little bit of lag, and then I'll do my question to repeat it for the audience, okay? So we have a director of marketing that we've had from the beginning, and what his main job is is to keep us as Centennial Lending in front of loan officers in front of realtors and part in our different partners and the way that we do it is we try to just be up on every technology even last week we self-branded 150 videos so if a realtor or borrower says anything to one of our employees um, about what's an origination fee not only can we send a text we can send a video with the text saying you know check this out see if does this answer your question so we're actually doing it by typing it but then we're also doing it visually so that is a big key in today's market i'm doing a presentation we have that we have uh uh, Laura Hopkins, uh, VidVerify, and they're demonstrating here. There she's speaking with me on a panel, and Toby Harris of Movement Mortgage. We're talking a lot about it. Movement has over 4,300 videos out there. It is a wave of the future. I think it's a great... Casey has a great company, too. Yeah. They do a great job in the marketplace of communicating with borrowers. One of the questions that came in, Paul, that I wanted to ask you as far as Everyone sees that the things that I'm hearing is the comments about recruiting, because we all agree there's a lot of gray hair. Some of the things that you're doing that's innovative recruiting in? Well, I don't, I don't know that we're doing anything that is super unique to the industry, but, I, but what, I, what I would like to talk on is a little bit about a rookie uh, program that we've put in place, oh, really, that we think is very important because we are all getting a little bit older. And when I look at the makeup of our company, we also have, uh, you know, an older generation group of mortgage bankers in there, and we've got a lot of them. And we're trying to find people to follow up behind us. And what we're doing is we're going out and we're finding young folks that are out of college, and we're utilizing Xenex, and we're running them through Xenex. We're also covering the licensing and putting them through the, the licensing and we run them through a, uh, a four- to five-month development program. And we're trying to grow the, uh, the loan officers for tomorrow. We, we u- do utilize a testing methodology. We use an uh, empirical test, and they have to score a certain way to enter the program, and we put some of the company capital up to facilitate it. So uh, we, we've recognized and our boards recognize the, the need to, to get young people and, uh, you know, we need it also on the operations side. So uh, we haven't quite figured that side out. You know, it used to be a little bit easier to change oper- train operations people with a IBM Selectric 2. Um, <laughs> now we've got all these technology platforms. I don't even think I understand all our technology platforms. Because I, I looked at the list we have as a company, and we've got about 50 platforms. So it's a little bit more difficult on the operations side, but... We're, we're going we're gonna to figure that one out over the next uh, two to three months because we want to find young people to bring, begin to bring into that. Uh, Eric, Aaron, you had a, call, a question. Yeah, Paul, so it's a very interesting thing, obviously a huge challenge for the whole industry. I was curious when you talked about the testing. So uh, are there personality elements? Are there skill assessment elements to it? What does that kind of look like? You know, and I, I, I wish I had it in front of me because I tell you what the test is, and, and I'll get that to you. But really what it is, it's more of a sales motivation test. It does have a small amount of personality profiling to it, but, but truly it's not about personality profiling. What the testing is about is competitiveness and motivation. 
And what what we want to determine is we want to determine that this person scores above a two on the test and that they're highly motivated and highly competitive because the statistics show that successful loan officers or salespeople, that's where they score. If they fall below that, they tend to not succeed in sales. So we want to make sure that as we put the resources out, that in the selection process, we were selecting candidates that are going to succeed. And, uh, you know, and that, that's what we're doing. Uh, great job. Aaron, give us a few parting comments on what you're doing that, uh, in the recruiting stuff, because that is a big comment. That's a big area. Uh, I'd like to say that we're as far along as Paul. I'm going to take some lessons learned here. I think that uh, we have uh, continued to look at uh, the folks who can go out and find the business, make the business, the rainmakers, the hunters, all the names that we use. Um, developing that skill set, developing that talent, I think is going to be important for us, but I think it's going to be important for our industry. I really do. Keith, your last comment? Yeah, I want to thank everybody for having us here today, and uh, we do have some challenges ahead of us as, a, as, a, as an industry, but I think the, the era of technology for our industry is upon us. No question. Folks, we are broadcasting live again from Denver, Colorado, from the Four Season Ballroom. It's so good to have everyone here in the ballroom with us, as well as our four guests that just joined us. You can download this broadcast. Go to LickingOnLending.com, download the broadcast, and you will be able to hear these comments again. It's good to have you with us. Uh, we'll be talking next week more about some of the developments, latest developments. Be sure to come back with us next week. It's good to have you here. Have a great week, everybody. Check it out, and check out the website, LickingOnLending.com. This has been Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin, of Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. Today's guests were Joe Farr from MBS Line, Andy Shell of Mortgage Banking Solutions, and Alice Elvey, President CMB of Mortgage U. Come by next week, and thank you for listening. 